0: Welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Our guest today, I met 10, 12 years ago? Easily. Easily. He was in uh, the peak coaching program, which I was in, and, and you were technically my client, weren't you? That's correct. Yeah. So we like, you were... Brock, you were in a very different place when I met you from where you are today. Now, that was a long time ago. So, everybody – so, here's – Brock's just not here because he's a friend of mine, and I really respect his practice. It's because he's doing something crazy cool. His name is Brock Jolly. Check him out on social media, especially on LinkedIn. He has more designations after his name than anybody I've ever seen in my life, and it's really because he's a wonk, right? He is – just, he's always craved knowledge so much. And in the the, the kind of uh, exposure and experience and, and trying to gain all of this knowledge, he landed on something super cool, which is what we're bringing to you today on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, which is to how to use something, and I'm gonna have him tell us what the something is in a second, as a great way for you to deepen relationships with existing clients and bring on new people who you wouldn't normally be able to talk to. So first up, Brock, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Thanks, Matt. Awesome to be here.
0: So when I met you, meet 100 million years ago, I mean, you were just a regular, normal financial advisor who was trying to build his practice. And now you have created the College Funding Coach, and you are a monster producer. Tell me a little bit about how you developed yourself over the last, let's just go back 10 years, and, and where and when the College Funding Coach that epiphany happened, please
1: sure thanks matt you know it's interesting i started in this business in 2000 and so the story i always tell is look got into the business the dot-com bubble burst shortly thereafter i always caveat that by saying it wasn't entirely my fault but i i was scratching and clawing just like every financial advisor trying to find people to talk to believe me nobody wanted to talk to me the 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 world was ending the markets were crashing people were scared but those people who i did have the ability to talk to there was one very common theme that I kept hearing and it was how are we going to save or pay for our kids college education and you sort of had two sets of parents you had that one set of parents where maybe they had done a great job of saving but when the market crashed in 2000 2001 2002 it it was gone or you had the other set of parents who maybe hadn't done a real good job of saving but watched the cost of college just go up exponentially and they're sitting there saying, man, like, how are we going to do this? Well, I was 23, 24, 25 years old. I didn't know the answer. So I thought, well, like anything, what do I do? I go ask other smart financial advisors. And what I figured out is they didn't really know the answers either. And there was a there was a gentleman in my office who was doing some work in this space. And I said, you're on to something here. And I said, "You're you're doing this in one county. What if I was to go do it in another county? Anyway, we sort of formed a little bit of a partnership early on. Eventually it became just me. I was doing, I I went to Arlington County, Virginia, the county that I live in. And we started teaching a class through the adult education program, all about saving and paying for college. Mm. And, And the interesting epiphany on that is this gentleman who I was originally teaching the class with, he left my firm sort of unexpectedly. So all of a sudden it fell on my shoulders when I knew nothing. Hadn't ever given the presentation. I had a PowerPoint deck. I guess maybe all the confidence that a 24 year old kid needs. <laughs> and so I went out and did it. And, and at the time I was making a bunch of cold calls, right? hundred, 200 cold calls every single day, kind of beating my head against the wall a little bit. I went and taught this class. We had about 25 parents there. And I think we had eight or nine who requested appointments. It was a two hour class. Well, normally it would take me a week to get eight or nine appointments, and I thought, if I can go teach a two-hour class on something that I know very little about, well, imagine if I actually knew what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's really when the light bulb went off. Fast forward 19 years or so that we'll talk about today, but that, that's where the light bulb went off for me of there really are riches and niches. People want specialists. And look, I do have all these designations and all that. I, I, I like to think of myself as a student of the industry. Yeah. The way you're getting clients is by being a specialist and solving their most pressing problems. That's 20 some odd years in a nutshell.
0: This has allowed you to grow a very robust practice and then you realized, as I think a lot of people who, as we progressively get older, that there's a way for you to give back to the financial services industry, which has been very generous and and wonderful to you. So you created this system. And I'm going to ask you, I didn't warn you about this. I'm going to ask you about the system. Like I want you to give our listeners at least one free tip that somebody would normally pay you for that will allow them to dip their toe in the water and really see what the college funding coach is. So let's talk about the college funding coach. How did you build it? What does it look like? And how do advisors use it?
1: Originally it was me and I was doing everything. Like a lot of financial advisors, right? You get into this business and you're the CEO, the CFO, the director of marketing, director Mm -hmm. of sales, secretary, janitor, et cetera. I was doing it all. It was through some of your coaching, Dan Sullivan talks about unique ability, a lot of these things, right? Again, student of the industry, I'm stubborn, but occasionally I'm coachable. It just takes a while sometimes. The point is I eventually brought on a partner and I said, okay, I'll go teach the class. I'll run half the appointments, you run half the appointments. And then one partner became two partners. And you know, we just sort of divided and conquered. It, it was a you know law of large numbers. We had a lot of people who were coming to these classes and requesting appointments. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. I was eventually teaching the class down in Richmond, Virginia. A gentleman said to me, hey, why don't you partner with somebody in the Richmond office? And they could run classes down there. And, and it really just took off like that. We had somebody, I spoke at an advisor event at one point, and there was an advisor from Philadelphia who came up to me, and he said, hey, what if I replicated this in the Philadelphia area? So believe me, it, it was not by design, right? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I totally fell into this, but what we found, I would say we figured out lots of ways to screw it up, and, and as a result, I think we glommed onto to something that works pretty darn well. And and the reality is this, there have been lots of studies that have been done. I always use one by Gallup, and Gallup says that college funding is the number one financial fear of most American families. Something like 73% of American families with kids under the age of 18 say that college funding is their number one financial fear. And guess what? Something like 3% of financial advisors Truly focus on it. Oh, yeah. For most financial advisors, if you say, hey, I've got a kid who wants to go to college. The answer is more product-centric than strategy-centric, right? And the answer is go put money into a 529 plan. Don't get me wrong. Love 529 plans, do a lot of work with 529 plans. But a 529 plan in and of itself is not a – another way to look at it is a lot of advisors, they think, well, I don't really do college funding because there's not a lot of money in it. People are putting money into 529 plans. We save and save and save. And then junior turns 18, and guess what? We're pulling all the money out. Yep. Not a real good business model. But what many advisors miss, or, or they miss the forest for the trees, if you can solve that problem, if you can create a calm around the storm that is college. Mm-hmm show a family i just got off the phone with a a family they've got twins twin daughters just started their senior year looking at really really expensive schools Uh, i mean we're taught with twin daughters the family won't qualify for need-based aid they're probably going to be spending around one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year we're creating the college funding solution but on top of that we're creating the retirement funding solutions we're talking about their insurance needs. We're talking about what their IRAs, 401Ks, brokerage accounts, all that stuff as we peel back the onion. And look, by the way, they've got two other financial advisors. We're gonna take over all of that, Yeah. right? Because, because we're solving what is their most pressing problem. We are doing it comprehensively. We're, we charge them to do a fee-based financial plan. We're using some really cool software to model out for them. This is what it's going to look like. This is the timeline for saving and paying for college. Here's the gap, here's the awards, here's some schools that maybe aren't on your radar. Mm. But anyway, just just doing really really comprehensive planning with college as the core or the starting point of the discussion.
0: So, families of wealth, this is one of their major concerns or if not the major concern, why aren't why aren't advisors providing this as part of a comprehensive financial plan i mean it just i'm sorry brock it just you said that and that really hit home with me i'm thinking to myself isn't budgeting and saving and insurance and longer term thinking with a financial plan isn't that what financial planners are supposed to do how can you just take this huge component of a person's concern and not address it at all
1: yeah it's it's a really good point i guess because they haven't met me, you, okay? <laughs> well, hey, there you uh-huh. go, brother. No, but I think, and and I know it, it hits home with you, Matt, because you got kids going through. I do, it, right? I do, absolutely, right? yeah. But I think that the problem is that for a lot of advisors, they're so focused on the sixty-three-year-old, the sixty-five-year-old who's getting ready to retire, and we want those assets under management, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe at the other end of this. Sp- spectrum, depending on where you are in this industry, maybe you're focused on the 35-year-old who just had their first child, and so you're talking to them about life insurance and and maybe starting a 529 plan, these type of things. Mm-hmm. For the 63-year-old, I want that 63-year-old client as well. I just want to meet them when they're 48. yeah, And, and, and they're getting ready to send the kid to college, and they're saying, here's the thing that I'm concerned about, and I think also what most advisors miss is the sense of urgency around college. Matt, you can probably identify this. As parents, we love our kids, right? We are emotional about our children. We wanna launch them off into the world. And so often the problem is this. Think about it, I don't know your situation, I'll tell you my situation, what I see with lots of clients. You start your career some wise soul comes up to you and says, you know, Matt, you ought to put as much as you can into that 401k plan. You'll thank me later. Mm -hmm. And so you do that and you save and save and save. And then you meet somebody who eventually becomes your spouse. You have children, you move to the suburbs, you buy a Honda Odyssey and it's all kind of downhill from there. Right. (laughs) And And then all of a sudden those little kids become teenagers. And one day you kind of have this light bulb go off of like, college is expensive. How are we gonna do that? And where do most people have most of their money? Yeah, 401K. It's in their 401Ks, and it's in the equity in their home. Yeah, Not particularly liquid when you need to send kids to college. I like to think of ourselves a little bit of as, as a disruptor, right, because we wanna come in as early as possible and have that conversation. I don't care if you've got a 10th grader, a 10 year old, or a 10 month old. I wanna have the conversation to say, if the plan is for them to go off to college and you'd like to save and pay for your child's college education, at whatever level that means, right? Maybe that means you're paying 100%, maybe it means you're paying 50%, whatever that means. Starting today is a really good decision that your future self will thank you for. Mm -hmm. That's the message. What we have found is that providing that message and being a source of wisdom and value, they're gonna beat a path to your door. Yeah. And, and I'll just, one more point on that, is for so many advisors, our industry, if I go to somebody and I say, Matt, you really need to save more money for retirement, or I'll keep sort of bifurcating a little bit, Matt, you really don't have enough disability income insurance. What would happen if you were sick or injured? Right. And I think inherently people know that stuff, but they're not particularly motivated. No, right? We, we'd much rather take a great vacation or buy the brand new car or you know whatever it may be. But when it comes to our kids, we're really, really motivated, and and so that for us wow. has been a little bit of the secret sauce. Yeah, to allow us to go in on a preferred basis, spend very little money because the, the secret here. I mean, we're going into schools and businesses and churches where they essentially endorse us to come in and teach the program. Mm -hmm. And you were asking about what the college funding coach does. I mean, it's really a turnkey marketing system that we've created. We've got a bunch of advisors. I think we're in 26 different states right now, but always looking to add advisors who say, you know what? I, I, I think I could make college funding a meaningful part of my business. I'd like to become a member of the college funding coach. Pay a monthly subscription fee, keep a hundred percent of whatever revenues I generate.
0: Oh, no, I have it, have it, have it. See now there's a huge difference, right? You talked about we talked about this before when you were and I were doing our call before the podcast is you're not doing split rev on any of this stuff either. This that's is I- that's again, you're are a disruptor because that's not normal. When somebody has the knowledge you have, a lot of people who've created a program like yours want to have a little bit of the vague off the top of every piece of business that happens. And you're just talking about a monthly fee. Why did you do it that way? Was it
1: because of something happened to you in the past or I don't know, dude? Well, look, it's selfishly, it's about how do we scale the business? Sure. Benevolently, it's about how do we have the greatest impact possible, right? And to me, that impact is a big word, right? I wanna wanna impact the world. I wanna, student loan debt is a huge problem. You and I could talk for 30 minutes about student loan statistics and what a huge problem that is. I think most advisors understand what a tremendous problem student loan debt is in this country. I wanna solve that. I wanna eradicate student loan debt in this country forever. Mm. We're doing that one family at a time. For me, it's about making an impact and being able to scale the business. We used to do split revenue, right? I I got a percentage of every case that any of our advisors wrote. And I realized, number one, it's pretty tedious to try to chase it and track it. and I I don't want to be in that business, right? I want to be able to say, you know what, we're going to give you the tools, the techniques, the strategies, the training to go out and run with it and be wildly successful. And we're going to celebrate your success.
0: So if somebody says yes today, how long does it take for them to, to get, n- know enough to be dangerous, if not competent, in order to really roll this out first off to their existing book of business?
1: Most of our advisors probably already have the competence, right? Oh. So, so somebody, somebody coming in, I usually say most advisors know 80% of the stuff they need to know. It's that twenty percent that is very specific to college mm-hmm. that I think is going to allow them to create that niche in the college funding space and to differentiate themselves in the industry. So clearly, there there is a, a little bit of a learning curve. You, yeah. You've got you've got to learn, you've got to learn the lingo. You've got to learn the strategies. You've got to learn techniques and things to talk to people about and how to differentiate yourself. And I would say realistically, I think you can be up to speed on that stuff in probably four to six weeks. Oh, that's great. And then from there, what we do too is, like as an example, we've got, a, um, we've got a group that just came on in the Houston area. They booked their first handful of workshops. Now, I don't expect them to go out and be able to do their workshop on day one. Ultimately, we want them to be able to do that, right? So they can be the expert in their community, right? But at the same time, what we're doing for them is we're doing the first five, maybe 10 workshops that they're booking. They keep all of it, right? I just want to get them up to speed. Eventually, I want them to be able to spread their wings, but they've got to have the confidence and the competence to be able to do that themselves. And we've got, I could bore you with it, but we've got so much training. We, we, do, a, we do a call every other Wednesday, just had one today. We do a six-week training course that's on Thursdays. We do these pop-up trainings. We've got a learning management system on down the line. Sure, sure. Just just making sure that people can plug in and be really effective basically from day one. Hyper-focused
0: niche, something we talk a lot about on the podcast, a, a, a way to fundamentally separate yourself from other clients. But I planted a seed with you earlier, and I'm going to continue to kind of plant and water and harvest that seed because what a lot of financial services professionals don't realize is marketing into their existing book of business with a new idea like this can be huge now obviously the public workshops that's brilliant we all know that those work a lot of people don't like the expense of those. So I have a 2 parent question here. Number one is, do you have your people in the College Funding Coach, the members, market into their existing book of business? And then number two, are those seminars, workshops that you put on, are they really expensive like a regular seminar? Or, is there, or do you do that differently so that the cost per client acquisition is lower?
1: First question on marketing to the existing book of business, no-brainer. And I think what we've done inevitably, people probably have uh, a client—I'll call it a client spouse or right, whatever it is—somebody in their book of business is involved in the school system. Ah, they're they're a principal, they're a counselor, they're a superintendent, something along those lines, or they know people who know people, and so asking around, going to existing clients and saying, "Hey, I know you've got a sophomore. Here's something that I, I've just." started working with the college funding coach and i'd like to invite you to a workshop and by the way maybe you know three or four or five families who might also benefit from this type of conversation by the way they probably know 20 or 30 families because this is what families with kids in middle and high school talk about at cocktail parties and on the on the side of the baseball field etc yep in the bleachers brother that happened all the time i mean it I'm totally biased, Matt, but it's such a referable niche because it's so easy. You you recently had high schoolers. It's so easy to say, hey, I'm going to this workshop. Do you want to come with me? Yeah. Right. Or we're doing a Zoom webinar on Tuesday night with these guys who I've worked with. I I think you might benefit from it. It doesn't cost you a dime. I think it's an hour long workshop. I think you'd get a lot of value out of it. No brainer, easy intro, et cetera. With regard to the workshops, whether it's that type of thing or our more traditional, what I call bread and butter, which is this, these days in the era of COVID, it's been a a Zoom webinar. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get back to live workshops. I love that. We're doing a lot of hybrid events now as well. But the point is, I did all of the, I call them plate liquor seminars, right? Where send out a a mailer to 10,000 people, get three dinners lined up, 50 people and i reply now space is limited space isn't really limited bring as many friends as you'd like i spent the ten thousand dollars an event to do those type of things yeah and i would say look i got some decent results not great and it was a lot of money a lot of upfront cost i won't say that our our workshops cost zero okay but they cost really close to zero because here's the thing you're going you're going to an HR director, a school counselor, a principal, a superintendent, somebody along those lines and saying, hey, you know what the number one financial fear of most American families is? We can help them find solutions to that. You go to the school counselor and you say, do you guys do a financial aid night of sorts? Oh yeah, we, we already do that, we're all taken care of. Well, what happens when parents understand what the expected family contribution is and they walk away saying how in the world am I gonna pay that? I don't have that amount of money saved. Well, that's where we come in. Yeah, Because college and career counselors at the high schools, as an example, are not trained to have these conversations and don't want to have these conversations. I would say your, your job, Mr. and Mrs. Counselor, is to help your kids get into the greatest school possible. And unfortunately for the top students, what that often means and sometimes the bottom students, is that sometimes that leaves mom and dad saying, how are we gonna do this? Kids did everything they were supposed to do. Got great grades, participated, had leadership roles, and now mom and dad are saying, I can't do that if I wanna retire at a reasonable age. Mm -hmm. The problem is real. And I think that's why these organizations, in essence, endorse us to come in and be the preferred provider of this critical information.
0: Yeah. All right. Now you have to lift up the hood, my friend, and you have to give our listeners something that they can leave this podcast in their, you know, because you're a busy advisor, they're listening to this podcast. They're going to have an appointment in 15 minutes or tomorrow morning or a little bit later tonight. What is something that you can tell them to do or say to... I don't know brock just prove your freaking point here dude
1: yeah i I think the key is number one by looking at what today is called the expected family contribution it is changing in the future to to something called the student aid index but essentially they're saying okay what does the department of education believe that you should be able to pay that's the line in the sand you've got to do that first because it's where i come back to a 529 plan could be the worst possible thing for a family to do because if they're eligible for need-based aid a 529 plan counts against them right now it's not look it's at a rate of 5.64 percent it's it's not terrible and i'd rather you put money into a 529 plan than blow it on whatever (laughs) good catch there good catch (laughs) but the point is that that you've got to draw that line in the sand first and then apply that to the schools that the children are considering Maybe you're eligible for need-based aid at a school like Harvard or Yale or Dartmouth, but if your kids go to the in-state public school, you're not going to get aid. Or if they go to some schools that don't have a lot of money, you might not get aid from those schools. So draw that line in the sand first. Then number two is like any financial planning strategy, you got to find the money really going through someone's personal finances with a fine tooth comb which by the way is what's going to open up the door of opportunities for you to have meaningful conversations around everything but it is looking at everything we've got i just met this afternoon with a family they are putting they're both basically maxing out 401k plans retirement looks great Mm. right not only do they have significant seven figures into retirement plans right now the father is actually eligible for a government pension as well. Wow, Retirement looks great. Two social securities, 401ks, IRAs, government pension. They're great for retirement. They have three kids and have something like $40,000 saved for college. So my conversation there is, it, it's sort of counter to what most of us as traditional financial planners may think. I'm going to say stop funding your retirement above the 401k match. Like right? mm. put it up, put it up to the match. That's free money. But with the money over and above that, I want you to go and put that towards something maybe that could be used for college or retirement. Mm. Now you've got the flexibility. Maybe they're putting it into a 529 plan. There's also problems if you got too much money in a 529 plan, you're paying taxes and 10% penalty and all that kind of stuff. But put it somewhere where you could use it for both, where you've got more flexibility, where you can touch it prior to 59 and a half. Keep saving, keep the great habit going. Just give yourself a little bit more liquidity, more flexibility, more control. because the alternative is you're going and taking out student loans. Yeah. And those student loans might be at six, seven, eight, nine percent when current interest rates on everything else are three <laughs> yes, percent. right or, or, yeah. or yeah, if you're talking about bank account, yeah. zero. So those type of things i think just and and helping a family really see the light of here's how you're going to pay for college and still retire one day that's nice. really the key
0: i am sure that there are people who are going to want to find out more about this what is the best way for them to reach out to you
1: we always say you can look on our website the website the main website is just the college the word the is spelled out and dot org not dot com so the There's also a a specific website that you can go to that is joinCFC, as in collegefundingcoach.org, joinCFC.org. So go to those websites, check it out. Feel free to call our office. Main phone number here is 703-424-2401. Again, 703-424-2401. Those are probably the best ways. Call us, go on the website, check us out. You can find us through other ways once you go on the website, but we'd love to have a conversation with you. We also do regular advisor summits where we get together, talk a little bit more deeply about the value proposition. I mean, it's the thing I, if I'm an advisor thinking about how I'm going to market my business, this is a business that was not created by somebody with a master's in marketing. I'm an advisor who's been in the trenches for close to 25 years. Like I said at the top, I've figured out lots of ways to screw it up. My team has figured out lots of of ways to screw it up. We brought in this team that's done a phenomenal job over the years of really having great marketing, client-centric materials that really help an advisor plug into it and make it truly turnkey and customized.
0: All right, everybody, if you're looking for a way, if this interests you at all, we'll make sure that we have all of the links that, that Brock was just talking about. All you really have to do, and this is how I I literally typed in Brock Jolly College, and he, he's, his SEO is amazing, and so we were able to find him immediately. He also actually posts some really good stuff on LinkedIn, so make sure that you follow him on LinkedIn. And the phone number, again, is 703-424-2401 if you want to give them a call and find out more. So, Brock, dude, thank you for this. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And I love your mission to really eliminate college debt, like student loan debt. That's super powerful. And dear God, do I wish I would have known you many years ago, my friend, because I might be in a little different of a situation. But I know that you have the ability to help so many people, and thank you for doing what you're doing.
1: Awesome. Always good to catch up. Thanks for your time, Matt. Thanks to everybody for listening.
0: If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new show, we'll show up on your listening device. If you have a second, give us a quick review anywhere. And if you know somebody who this would actually apply to and you're like, oh, my God, I know Jane. She would love to do this. Make sure you forward the podcast to her. All you have to do is click that share button below. So for the college funding coach, Brock Jolly and all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.